forward it goes again by Kinsler. Quinn heads on. Oh, surely this time for Keane. And Ireland do it. Robbie Keane in the second minute of stoppage time has scored the equaliser. Look at these scenes. Just look at these scenes. And you can't say they don't deserve it. This has been a spirited second half performance and it's brought its reward in dramatic fashion. The long ball played in by Finnan. This is where the touch is important from Quinn. Robbie Keane gets it down, evades the tackle and this time Trevor, he beats Oliver Kahn. The day has finally come. Robbie Keane will no longer play for Ireland. 145 appearances, 67 goals. He'll have a send-off in the friendly against Oman in Dublin on the 31st of August. This is the Goal Ireland podcast. I'm Dave O'Grady. Joining me on the show is Goal's very own dynamic duo of Ronan Murphy and Ryan Kelly. Let's get down to business, guys. Huge talking point in Irish football this week. I won't say Irish football was rocked, Ryan Kelly, but it certainly was an expected. It was an expected announcement, but it just goes to show the interest now in in this Oman game. Robbie Keane, what a player, what a servant for Ireland. Any particularly any particular memory that stands out for you? Oh well, yeah, but I, I mean the the goal against Germany at uh, the, the 2002 World Cup is is probably uh, at the top of the pile. Um, but everybody seems to have talked about that and where they were whenever they were at it. And um, you could recall any number of goals really that he scored. Um, but like I remember one that really stuck with me uh, as a young as a young fellow was uh, the goal that he scored against uh, the Netherlands in the Amsterdam Arena. That was uh, I thought that the headed that goal in qualifying for yeah. 2002 World Cup. Yeah, exactly, and it was like it was really it was a real statement that that Robbie Keane, this kind of small guy, he just you know leapt through the air and headed headed Ireland and into the lead against the the Dutch. I think it was in the lead, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was yeah, to take lead, one yeah. all, and then Jason McAteer made a two two. Or sorry, made a two two nil two befo- nil, yeah. before uh, Ireland conceded twice. One of the was that Stephen Carr that put the ball on his head. Um, I, I can't remember exactly who it was now, but I think it could have been. I remember I loved Stephen Carr for the, his contribution and that, and it was devastating. That was Stephen Carr, Stephen Carr with the hair, in fact, you know, the boy band hairstyle back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ronan Murphy, for you, what was it? What was your favourite goal of Robbie's? Well, you have to look back at that 2002 World Cup, like Ryan was saying, and that the Germany goal, I think everyone in the, in the country was so delighted. I remember... I was watching at home with the family and my dad, he had a late lunch and an even later lunch and a later lunch as the match dragged on. And he he said, oh, F this, I, I better go or I'm going, going to be sacked. I'll be late getting back. And he was walking out the door and all he, all he could hear was roars from every house in the housing estate as Robbie scored. So that, that always stands to me. And even further on then in the World Cup when we got to the knockout stage and Ian Hart missed the penalty in Spain and then, and then look again arrived in the last minute and... We won a penalty and uh, Keane stepped up and did just the composure he scored to knock it in and and uh, send the match to extra time. It was just unreal and the fact that we came so close to maybe beating Spain and going on in that World Cup, you look back at it now and think, will we ever get to those heights again? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I remember the the Germany matches you mentioned there. I was doing the junior cert in school and I think I had an English test on that day. I might be, somebody might correct me on this, but we, a couple of us lads snuck down to the pub and we snuck in and we watched the first half and Germany, Miroslav Klose scored that wonderful goal. And I remember doing English um, and writing and writing and writing and then the examiner just turned around and goes, do you want to know the score? Because the match was over and it was like, yeah, Robbie Keane won and then Robbie Keane equalised and it was just a huge cheer that went out. It was it was marvellous. One of the things, Ryan, I, I see a lot of people that have been uh, writing about the various goals Robbie scored. A lot of people mention the the goals he got in grafting games, you know, the goals against the Georges and, you know, these type of goals where we, we nicked wins and, you know, it was the type of goal where only Robbie could score. Yeah, I mean I mean it's it's been well documented that uh, uh by nearly everybody uh, associated and involved with Irish football that whenever Ireland need a goal you send you, you turn to Robbie Keane and you know inevitably he comes up with some something special or something that was needed or or whatever like uh, the goal that he scored against France in that uh, that infamous playoff against uh um in 2009 it was you know that was that was coolness personified. Whenever you know it was it was the perfect finish uh, to a, to a beautiful move, mm. and Robbie was the man who who put the goal and put the ball in the net. Um, yeah, definitely. He's he's always been he's always been one of the he's always been our go to man, and he's going to be uh, as Liam Brady said, uh, we'll miss him badly, and he'll be very hard to very hard man to replace. Ronan Murphy. The one, uh, this unbelievable, you know, pride in what Robbie has achieved and everything and the plaudits that he's getting, uh, it comes and goes and then it's replaced by a, a wave of fear almost. Fear that we'll never see the likes of him again. You know, the, the, that intelligent type of player, we're not exactly producing uh, bags of them. And have we, have, as we've seen from teams across the whole of Europe, they always have this one superstar that they tend to build the teams around. But, you know, are you a little bit worried that we're never going to get another Robbie Keane? I am. I, I'm, personally, I think he's Ireland's greatest ever player, and I, I don't think anyone will ever come close to to him because that amount of goals at international level—it's it, just phenomenal. And I know you were saying he, he could pull it off against the likes of Georgia and these Minnow teams, but he he proved himself against all the best teams in the world. He scored against France, Italy, Germany, Spain—you name it—he scored against them. So um, we just having a player like that, and it gives you kind of hope going into the last 10 minutes or the last five minutes of any game that, oh, should we have Keane up front? He might be able to pull something out of nowhere and score a goal. And in looking forward to the future, it's, it's hard to see anyone kind of come close because even if you, you look at Ireland's top goal scorers of all time, Robbie surpassed, when he surpassed 21, he became our second, our most, our highest score, goal scorer, Niall Quinn on 21 and then Frank Stapleton on 20. And, you see, Shane Long is is the only one at the moment that maybe might surpass that 20, 20 mark. He's on sixteen at the moment, but you could never see him scoring fifty goals for Ireland. No, you could, and you could. It's hard to see anyone else score fifty goals for Ireland. Twenty is achievable, but no one will ever get to the sixty-seven that Robbie has. And looking down to the ranks and even the young players coming up. I don't think anyone ever will compare to him and maybe we didn't appreciate how good a striker he was when we had it and he got a lot of criticism 
I suppose because because he was so good and because he was when he was a teenager and he was in demand and he made his debut at 17 and he was at that time he was a phenomenal player and he was coveted by teams across Europe you saw Inter Milan coming in for him like this doesn't just happen on a whim I know it wasn't a success or whatever but just the fact that a team like that was interested in a Republic of Ireland striker you couldn't imagine anyone now going to a, a, a team like that and if you look at the Champions League draw and it's on to, to looking ahead to the groups there's no Irish players playing in it yeah. Owen O'Connell for Celtic but Celtic only barely snuck in mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to pull up trees at it or anything so you, you, you kind of be concerned for the future of Ireland but I suppose next week against Oman we should be trying to celebrate Robbie and what he gave to us and maybe forget about the, the future for a while OK would you go along with that Ryan Kelly forget about the future for a while because it does bring about this cloak of fear yeah, well, you know, and at the same time, you know, while it is sad and while there are kind of worries about who's going to step up, um, you do it does raise the question of who will step up, and um, that's a question that Martin O'Neill will have to ponder and have to uh, try and answer, and try and we'll have to um, he'll have to try out different strikers and see um, if anybody can, you know, maybe not necessarily step up and replace Robbie Keane, but you know, somebody to to step up and or maybe just even like a, another young player it might open up open up the door for another young player in a different position to um uh burst onto the scene in the manner that Robbie Keane did and and uh it it will it, remind people that uh this is what this is what Robbie achieved in his his career and why can't uh, someone else go and emulate that Absolutely, I don't think anybody will disagree with you there, Ryan. Well, the news of Robbie Keane's retirement came on the same day that Martin O'Neill announced a 28-man squad for the Oman Friendly and the opening 2018 World Cup qualifier against Serbia on the 5th of September. Just to give a quick mention of a, a few of the inclusions in the squad, um, not not many surprises. Callum O'Dowda, who played against Belarus, he's returned to the squad. There's a little couple of concerns about Seamus Coleman uh, not being fit and uh, John O'Shea as well not making it. Uh, you can see the full squad down there on goal.com. Uh, another big squad, lads. Um, no new faces, really. I suppose two months after the Euros, uh, Ronan, is there a need for new faces in the squad? But I guess Martin O'Neill would, would argue who should get the call-up. There's probably plenty of players to get the call-up, but I, looking at the squad when it came out on, on Wednesday, I, I, I was kind of shocked, firstly, because A, we didn't know what was going to happen and it kind of arrived out of nowhere. Usually there's a kind of a big deal that there's going to be a squad announcement. Yeah, it was real, real cheeky and sly, one on the side, you know. Yeah, there's an email sent out. There's a, <laughs> you go, there's a press conference, the media go and ask O'Neill certain questions, get updates on players who may be carrying knocks and so on. But what seemed to happen on, on Wednesday is that Northern Ireland announced their squad. Michael Duffy was included, which is great, the former Derry City player. Uh, but um, it, well, Northern Ireland announced their squad, and then someone in the FAI just thought, oh, wait, we have a match next week. Did anyone think of contacting Martin O'Neill to get a squad? And then hastily drew together, oh, who played in Belarus there in May? Ah, sure, we lash that in, and that seemed to be our squad. And it, it's, I, I, I find it very surprising that there's, that there's nobody new in it. And there's there's no kind of there's no surprises whatsoever. There's players named who have no chance of playing. Coleman and it sounds almost Ed, Trapatoni-esque. Trapatoni at least would have named fit players. I think. Really? I mean, yeah, were, I, I, yeah. I think so. Trapatoni 
he might have had some sort of experimentation, but I, I, it, this squad does not read like a Martin O'Neill squad because a Martin O'Neill squad usually has 42 players and then he cuts out three and then three more and then, then another three more and ends up with 30 still at the end of the day. But um, I, this squad makes no sense to me. I don't understand it at all. And hopefully someone gets called up between the Oman squad and the, and the Serbia game or some players will pull out and we'll get some new faces because I, I just can't see where he's going with this squad. Ryan, would you share the disillusionment uh, of Ronan there with the squad? It is same old, same old. And as you could put it, that he, they just looked at the the previous team sheet and said, "Oh, you're you're in, you guys are in," and that's that. Yeah, well, you know, O'Neill might argue that um, you know he knows um, after the Euros, especially, and how the team performed, and with the likes of Robbie Brady coming to the fore, and 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 players like that there, that he knows uh, what system suits his team best and how he's going to approach uh, big competitive games. Um, I mean, it is only it is only a couple of months after after the Euros, after all. Um, but at the same time, I I was kind of um, I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, quite underwhelmed because there are uh kind of positions that are like not not you know we're, we're talking about Robbie Keane hanging up his boots but we also have John O'Shea hanging up his he, well he's 35 and he's you know he's getting on and he's actually carrying an injury at the minute uh Shane Duffy's uh um suspended for the for the Serbia game and and in, in, in positions like center center back and left back and and in and up front, uh, there's room for somebody to put their hand up and say, "Here, I can, I can do a job for you. Uh, I'm the future, or, or whatever." You know, players like um, John Egan, who's who's had a great start, yeah, start to life, and yeah, well. great start to life in Brentford um, since signing. Um, you and I was thinking even um, you wouldn't pick any of the Dundalk lads. Well, I, well, I, I did a, I did a quick piece um, earlier in the week, uh, and I did think that you know, and there's any number of Dundalk players um, that probably you know could say that they would be that that they could do a job uh, at international level. But like for a long time now, uh, leaving aside Richie Tower last season, Daryl Horgan has been the standout man, and um, you know I know that that O'Neill hasn't really been going for um, you know out and out wingers a, a, a lot in his during his tenure, but you know Daryl Horgan is is a, is an accomplished attacking midfielder who can play on either side um, of of the attack and and in, and even in the middle, he's another guy who you know would have a great confidence boost after the cha- after their Champions League run uh, if if O'Neill tapped him on the shoulder and says, "Hey, look, I like the look of you. Come into the squad and and show me what you can do." Um, but yeah, there there are there is any there is a lot of players like Rona mentioned Owen O'Connell, another defender who's uh, who's starting to impress at Celtic. Um, you know, there are there are players the players like that there that you know, Robbie Keane made his uh, his debut at seventeen. How many how many young Irish players make their debuts at seventeen or eighteen or even nineteen anymore? Yeah, and and that that brings up a whole other argument, Ryan, as well, because we have seen teams at the Euros. We were the I think we were the, the oldest. Uh, international side at the Euros but there was teams there at the Euros with uh, 19 year olds playing exactly um, and and that's what Martin O'Neill should be trying to do I mean I mean, he might argue of course that um, you know the first game of a, of, a, of a crunch World Cup qualifier isn't you know the eve of a World Cup qualifier the first World Cup qualifier isn't the time to be experimenting but um, you know friendlies don't come around uh, too often 
And, uh, you know, he has to use these moments, uh, even if it's only for 10 minutes to get a guy on a pitch or even to bring him in and train, in, uh, train like he did with Jack Byrne and Alan Brown. I mean, these Jack Byrne moved to Blackburn uh, in order to push himself into yeah. uh, O'Neill's plans. And, you know, granted, he hasn't had a brilliant start to life there at, at Ewood Park, but, um, you know, he's he's nowhere to be seen either. So, um you know, it, it, it was quite underwhelming to uh, the squad, a quite underwhelming squad announcement. Then, but I, I expect that, and I hope that we'll see some new faces coming in in the in the next uh, the next few months. Well, there could be uh, uh, replacements as well. There's a, a good few injuries there. Uh, Ronan, just very quickly on this before we move on, is there any particular player that you think really should have gotten a call up? You did mention Owen O'Connell and that of Celtic. Um, he's been doing quite well for them in their Champions League games and that. But any, anyone else there that you think possibly Martin should have considered for selection? Well, not a player that I, I think that Martin should have considered, but a player that maybe surprised didn't get in because Martin loves naming five or six goalkeepers is Gary Rogers because he was in squads before and now with Shea Given retired, I thought maybe again and Ryan was mentioned to the Dundalk Bears and Horgan looks well. So I'm surprised Rogers after his exploits in the Champions League and he looked fantastic in in during the week in the the second leg of of the match against Legia. He, he looked he looked like an international caliber goalkeeper and then you look at the squad comes out and David Ford is there and yeah, he's on back, loan back with back with a bang yeah he's on loan at Portsmouth what like if if the League of Ireland isn't at that level what level is the League of Ireland at but aside from that I I think maybe it is too soon for Ronald Connell I would have liked to see Jack Byrne in but Connor Howran is is doing. Uh, well so far this season and he could have been a surprise inclusion and maybe some of these these touted English players like Scott Hogan of Brentford maybe now might have been the time maybe to have a look at him and call him up and see what he's made of especially seeing as how it's going to be Robbie Keane's last game and we need more strikers yep always talking points when an Irish squad is announced you're listening to the Goal Ireland podcast we'll be right back this is Limerick FC's Aaron Green and you are listening to the Goal Ireland Podcast. Soccer is rarely mentioned now. The League of Ireland gets about a couple of seconds on the radio. The feels as if when you play down south as more a European style of play. That, that is a phrase that I've heard many of times. Galway is back where they belong. Can't wait. Absolutely can't <laughs> wait. They made it very hard for me to come here. I fought my way through the mill to make it happen. Of course, the other big story this week was Dundalk narrowly missing out on a place in the Champions League. However, they are into the Europa League group stages where potential opponents include Manchester United, Inter Milan, Roma and Ajax. Ryan Kelly, just briefly going back to that battle in Warsaw, the Polish Army Stadium. Incredible uh, performance by Dundalk. They did not look out of place at all and they nearly did it. Yeah, they had the perfect start too after going 2 0 down. Uh, after the injustice, as Stephen Kenny called it uh, at the Aviva Stadium, after going 2 0 down, they had the perfect start in Poland. That beautiful Robbie Benson goal set the tone and set things up early for them, and, and you really felt that they could go on and do it. Um, but it, and and everything just seemed like it went further in their favor. It, it did go further in their favor whenever uh, Legia went down to ten men, and you thought, "Geez, it's going to happen. It's it's really going to happen. They're going to push it into extra time, and they're going to go and uh, make history here." 
Um, but unfortunately, they didn't. And um, I really think that they, I mean, the, I think that the disappointment that, that they showed uh, after the game um, and, 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 the st- and the things that they said uh, shows exactly uh, where the Stundalk team is. Um, and, and, and that's the, uh, the the level that all Irish teams should be aspiring to to reach, um, the fact that an Irish team is disappointed not to get into the Champions League group stage and disappointed to be you know not disappointed but you know resigned to going into the Europa League group stage is is uh, you know it's it's kind of shown how far Dundalk have come in, in the past few seasons and you know it shows where they can continue to uh, aspire to. In the in the common years, yeah, Ronan Murphy. We always ask the question about where league where the League of Ireland is in compared to you know European leagues and that. Uh, would you agree with, the, with 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 Ryan there in the sense that this is where the team is, or would you go along with the point of view that this Dundalk team is special? It's a one off. We've we've never really seen too much of the likes of them before, and we might not see this amazing team again. It's a it's a one team that has kind of broke the mold. Yeah, I think they are one team that's broke them all. But it's fantastic to see Stephen Kenny talking before and after both matches how he was going to go for it and they weren't thinking about the Europa League or they weren't thinking about the money or they weren't thinking about anything but um, uh, about falling back into or any consolation prize. They were just aiming for the Champions League and that was it. But I, I would hope that this Dundalk team can be around for a few years more. Maybe the, the money that they get from playing in the Europa League and having got so far in the Champions League might help them to to invest in their facilities, improve their training facilities, improve Oriel Park hopefully, but um, maybe make sure that some of their better players stay around because we see so often the best players in the league emigrating to England or yeah. maybe looking for a big money move or looking for a payday and signing for Shamrock Rovers and then maybe not gelling at them so hopefully this Dundalk team can be an inspiration to to the other teams in the league and maybe even to, to Shamrock Rovers no offence to Shamrock Rovers fans there, fans there but uh, Stephen Bradley he's off to a good start already so um, you would hope that this is the beginning of something but we've, we've seen so often before that Shelburne Rovers and a few teams have gotten great European results and then kind of fallen back a bit you would want Dundalk maybe to win the league and be in the Champions League again next season with the finances that they'll get from the Europa League, but it's going to be difficult for them with all these extra games and cup matches, etc. Yeah. So um, it'll be make for an interesting League of Ireland season, if nothing else. Oh, it will indeed. But looking ahead, Ryan Kelly, to the Europa League, the draw takes place on Friday at 12 noon Irish time. What are their chances? Me personally... I believe they could get three points. We know Shamrock Rovers were in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago and didn't get a single point, but I think there is points there uh, if you're ju- judging on what Dundalk have done already. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, I mean, I think that I think that they've shown, um, as I said, they've shown that, that they belong at this level. Uh, at, well, at that particular level, they beat Bati Borisov convincingly. Um, three nil. You know, it wasn't just a scraped victory. It was a, it was a, an emphatic three nil victory, and that was a team that contained you know a, a, a host of internationals and you know the likes of Alexander Hleb and that team, and um, you know so and and they believe you know having spoken to the, uh, I spoke to Patrick McElhenney about it, and they and he was like they you know they really believe that they can they can uh, beat teams at this level and. Um, that they can that they can take points and you know maybe not just like uh, 
hold teams to draws, but but even go on and beat them. Um, now the it just depends on the draw that they get now. Um, but you know the middle the middle ranking European teams, you know they uh, they should have nothing to fear. Yep, Ronan Murphy to leave the final word of the show to yourself. Nothing to fear for Dundalk going into the Europa League. No, definitely not. I think we saw from how good they were in, against Bate and how unlucky maybe they were against Legia that they can do it against anyone. And they, there's no reason to think why they, they, they can't even come second in the group, depending on the top seed they get and go all the way to the knockout stage. That's what Stephen Kenny has set his sights on and he's dead right. Yeah, onwards and upwards for Dundalk and Irish football as a whole. Well done to Robbie Keenan, an incredible career. And that's where we leave it here. Thanks a million for listening to the Goal Ireland podcast. My thanks to Ronan Murphy and to Ryan Kelly for joining me. Don't forget to follow Goal Ireland on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Ireland, And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes from myself, Dave O'Grady, and all of us here. Take care. Goal.